Welcome back to Swish Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm also Jake. Jake, what's up? What's up? You know, I'm just doing good. So today we have a two-part episode. Firstly, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl, which is coming up. Very exciting. And then we're going to have an interview with former UConn Husky, Shot Anderson. He also led them in three-pointers. So Jake, are you ready to talk some NFL and the Super Bowl? So firstly, let's just kind of discuss. So it's Bucks, Chiefs, we, we all know that by now. Mahomes, Brady, two of some of the best in the league. Obviously, Brady's going for his seventh Super Bowl, which is unhuman-like. Then Mahomes is going for back-to-back. It's only his third year as a full-time starter, which is great. So I think the Chiefs are going to win. I would have to agree with you. I think it will be much closer than we expected. I think. I think it's going to be close. Yeah, I think you can really, you can really never bet against Tom Brady. So if you're doing any sort of DraftKings betting, never bet against Brady. It says the over/under. Always bet the over. I think it's going to be a really high-scoring, close game. Both defenses are solid, but you can't keep up with Brady or Mahomes. I think it's definitely going to be the over. Definitely both teams over. I'm guessing 25, 28 points. I think it's going to be really high-scoring. I'm going leading rusher for the Chiefs, I think. I think they're not going to rush it as often as they usually do. Yeah, they're definitely going to use the passing game. They're definitely going to use the passing game. They go pass heavy. I don't think Edwards Hilaire might have an okay game. Never bet for him or Love Bell or Darrell Williams. Those guys play a good amount of time for blocking, but they're really just more pass guys. I don't think they're going to go run heavy. For the Bucks, I I say Fournette has another big-time game. Ronald Jones has been shaky in the playoffs. He's a great regular season guy. Very inconsistent, though. I say Fournette has a big time game though, a touchdown or two. What about you, Jake? The Chiefs. I'm obviously just going to say Mahomes is going to go off. I think he's going to throw like three, four touchdowns. But since it's the Super Bowl, there's always a lot of interceptions thrown, so I think he's going to throw a couple picks too. But you know who I think is going to have a very good game? Who? I think Michael Harmon's going to have a really good game. Last week, you know, he had that fumble and then he came back strong. I think he's going to prove all the haters wrong and just go off. For the Bucks, Brady's going to have a good game. I think he's going to throw, like, three picks like he did last game with an even better defense probably they're playing. But it's going to be interesting to see, like, how Brady is with him as a bug in the Super Bowl. I think they're going to use the run game a lot more than we were going to expect. That's just my opinion because I think they kind of want to limit the turnover rate. And one other thing I want to discuss before we kind of go more into specifics is kind of the injury report for both teams. We have Antonio Browns out, which is a huge blow for them. Agree with that, Totally agree. This season, he's had actually a very good comeback year. He has 483 yards receiving, 10.7 yards per catch. He had a 46-yard bomb for his line this year, four touchdowns. He's been an absolute beast in counting the playoffs. He's been a very, very big part of that roster. It's going to be a blow for them. But I think since they still have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, they can pull through. Yeah, but did you hear what Scotty Miller said? Yeah, he said he was the fastest guy in the NFL. I can't agree with that myself. He's definitely fast. He's obviously very he's fast. He's obviously fast. I mean, I just don't agree with him saying he's the fastest guy in the NFL, faster than Tyreek Hill. I mean, Tyreek Hill ran one of the fastest 40s of all time. I don't think Scotty Miller came that close. So, And then we also have Anton Winfield is questionable. He's a top safety. Nope. I-, I can say that. Good, solid rookie. You know, he was out last week, but they're expecting him to return, which is going to be big for them, you know, if they if they want to have a really good defensive game. You know, he, he's been a really good rookie. He's definitely a candidate for Defensive Rookie of the Year, you know, along with Young stuff. Yeah. But, but now for the Chiefs injury report, you know, we have Willie Gay out, who had a decent rookie year, actually. 
Life Bell is questionable, which isn't the biggest deal. You have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Williams, I think, is decent, too. I want to say and it's a blow for them, just because Lev doesn't play as much. He has injury problems just from the start, and 254 yards this year rushing is not going to not gonna do it. Yeah, we're also hearing still that Edwards-Hilaire could be questionable, but they're expecting him to go. Okay. And same with Sammy Watkins. He's been out for a few weeks. He's been out for a while, but he's expected to play in the Super Bowl. I don't think if he didn't play, it would be the biggest difference because they had just have so much depth there. They have a lot of good receivers besides him. Yeah, I think it's going to be big for him to come back. They want to have an offensive blow there. But any other kind of thoughts? I'll say my thoughts on the injuries you stated. I think Sammy Watt this has done nothing. He's played 10 games and only has three yards catch, and that's not going to affect it. They have so many weapons in Demarcus Robinson as their worst receiver, and that's Byron Pringle, Michael Hardman, Travis, Travis Kelsey, and Tyree Kill. I don't really think they need Sammy Watkins. Now, Le'Veon Bell, like I stated, doesn't really matter in my opinion, but the Clyde Edwards player really matters because if they're going to go to the run game, which I bet they'll go every now and then, he's the top dog in their in their run game. He has 803 yards rushing this season with four TDs. Worse than we expected, but the 803 yards was a killer. So I say that, those, that the Clyde Edwards player injury could hurt them, but the other two don't really affect anything. And the defensive side, I don't think the Willie Gay is going to affect the defense as much when they have Chris Jones, Frank Clark, and all those guys. And, Jake, do you think the Bucks having home field advantage, you would, well, there are going to be fans there, but it's going to be the healthcare workers. Is it going to give them more motivation, or do you think it's just going to be, like, no fans there? I have two opinions. You, there are going to be fans, 18,000, but mostly healthcare workers and then just fans from both sides. If it was only yes. Tampa Bay fans, it would definitely motivate them a lot, and still will because they're at the first ever home game home turf for Super Bowl ever, and is in a COVID-19 pandemic. But there's also going to be Chiefs fans there, so I think it'll, it'll definitely motivate them, give them a little head start, head bump. But the Chiefs are a better team because of last year they won the whole thing. So the Chiefs are also motivated. They want to win it again. So I think it's going to motivate them, but it's still going to be a tough game. Before kind of we end this part of segment, I want to kind of talk about the Deshaun Watson rumors a little bit. Sure. It's kind of outside of the Super Bowl. Jake, there are a few landing spots right now out there for him. We obviously see the Jets. They kind of want to get him, which will most likely make them trade their number two pick. You know, another team, Panthers, we're seeing kind of really want to pursue him. The, there's other teams there, the 49ers, the Bears have. So, Jake, what's your thought on the Deshaun Watson rumors? I'll go team by team, who I think should trade him right now. If you were the New York Jets, pray for this man right now. You have a awful roster. Do something. That second pick's going to get you Justin Fields. Bust, in my opinion. Get Deshaun Watson. You need him. Sam Darnold is not the answer. Do what you need to do. Get rid of two picks or whatever. Trade some young talent. Jameson Crowder, I guess, will be someone to get rid of off a contract. But you need Deshaun Watson. The Chicago Bears, I am starting to like Mitchell Trubisky. So it's a weird statement, but he's been playing well. He played well in the playoffs. He had some good games. I think that they could use a better quarterback. I don't think Nick Foles is going to do anything and that Mitch Trubisky isn't the answer. He's like a Daniel Jones situation. Good, ta- Lots of talent and has a lot of potential. He just can't do it on this sort of team. I think Daniel Jones can do it on this team eventually. Mitchell Trubisky, not as much. So the Bears would be a good landing spot, I think. I think the Niners would be a okay landing spot. I don't think Jimmy G is the answer either. So many yeah. spots he could fall to, and I think the Jets are, have to be the answer. Another team that I, we just forgot to mention is actually the, the Dolphins. I think Deshaun's definitely interested in there. We're here on the Jets are his top choice. 
But I don't know if these are just rumors or not, but there's also been rumors that he's interested in the Dolphins, too, which would mean they have to trade Tua, which I, I like Tua, but I don't think he's going to turn out to be a stud. Like, I think he's going to be a good QB. So I think Deshaun, but I think the best fit is probably the Jets, like you just said. You know, trade that two-pick, trade. You're probably going to have to trade your pick from next year, too, just to get him. He's worth that much. Watson maybe go after Stafford. I don't know if that's the best fit, though. I don't think it is. I think that's going to do it for this segment. Enjoy the interview with Rashad Anderson. Jake, Jake, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode. Welcome back. How are you? I'm good. So today we have an interview with former UConn guard and NCAA champion Rashad Anderson. What's going on, Rashad? Thanks for coming on. What's happening, guys? How are you guys doing today? I'm great. How are you? Good. Down in sunny Florida, where it's not too cold. This is actually a special episode for me because I'm a diehard UConn fan. My dad has been a fan for nearly 40 years. So we'll, let's get right in. Our first question is, what got you interested in basketball growing up? Um... Just the love of the game. I was a better, I was a better baseball player than basketball player growing up. Uh, up until about 12 or 13, I had older brothers who played basketball, but I played baseball. But then all of a sudden, I had a growth spurt, and then I just I fell in love with the game. And I played AAU baseball all, all the way up to like seventh or eighth grade, and I took a year off, and the rest is history. I never looked back. <laughs> Sometimes I still miss it though. So, Jason, so, ask next one. What NBA players did you look up to growing up? Um, Reggie Miller, Michael Jordan. Um, I would say Reggie Miller, Michael Jordan. And then as I got older, um, Ray Allen, Rick Hamilton. Uh, third question is, what was it like winning the All-State High School Championship in Florida and being named the All-American? Um, it was pretty good. It just, it just recognized the work I was putting in over the years that, um, People are taking notice of my talents, um, and I put forth the effort. I put I put in the work every day, so um, it was just good to see notice that people notice my work. After high school, you committed to UConn. What made you make that decision during your recruitment process? Um, felt like the right place to be at the time. It just felt it just felt like the right place, right decision to make, and I wouldn't change it because I felt like if I changed one thing, my whole life would be different. Our next question is, what was the transition from high school to college basketball, like especially a player from an all-time great coach like Jim Calhoun? Um, just the speed of the game and just learning the system. That was the only thing. Just finding out what the coaches want from you. Know, once that was over, it was, it was easy. In your freshman year, you averaged 8.2 points per game, but against Notre Dame, you scored your season high, which you scored 22 points, and you and you went six for nine from the three-point range. So what was that season, and what was that game especially like? Um, it was just a typical, typical game, you know. As a freshman, I was just really fighting for minutes, and um, coming in and doing my part, whatever I can. In the 2004 sophomore season, you finished as the third link scorer for the NCAA champion UConn Huskies with 11.2 points per game, and you also helped the Hudson's win that championship while scoring 18 points. So what was that whole crazy experience like? Uh, it was amazing. Um, it was amazing. Um, I mean, it's just an unbelievable experience to win a national championship. I mean, it was hard. I know a lot of people, you guys weren't born yet, but uh, a lot of people wasn't uh, <laughs> thought who was going to lose that game. <laughs> I'm, sure your dad, I'm sure your dad, I'm sure your dad can uh, reference that game too. But we was down to Duke in the, fight, in the first game of the Final Four. 
Um, I think 11 points with almost two minutes and well, three minutes, 11 seconds of and came back and won. In that tournament, you made 21 threes and set a UConn single tournament record. And you also scored 28 points in the NCAA Elite Eight win over Atlanta, matching the NCAA school record of six three-pointers. So what was that like? What made you develop into that great three-point shooter? What was that worth ethic like? Yeah, it's just, it's just getting reps up, getting a lot of shots up every day. You know, taking, um, being a student of the game and working on your craft. I mean, it's just every every day. I gave him all Four extra shot for a season, for the game, after the game, just getting more shots. After your amazing senior season, averaging and scoring game tying three in a win against the Washington Huskies, you joined the Washington Winners for the 2006 Summer League season, and then were assigned to play in the Greek Basketball League. What was that whole experience like in getting to play overseas? It was amazing, amazing. Um, some of the things that you've seen that we grew up on. And looking at the books like Acropolis, uh, the Vatican, the Coliseum. Have you guys have you guys seen? Um, I forgot the name of the movie with the guys in Rome. Um, with Julius Caesar and all those guys were. I'm mistaken. Yeah. So just just seeing that the Coliseum where all the great warriors um, was battling in Rome, Italy. I mean, it's just it's just amazing. I mean, I I played on pretty much every continent except Antarctica. Obviously, <laughs> Africa, China, and um, Australia. Yeah, Australia. Over the course of both your overseas and your NBA and D-League teams, what was that experience like? And what do you take away from playing with so many teammates and so many different coaches? Um, it was good. I mean, I loved it. I mean, I had some coaches who couldn't talk to. It's, you know, their way or the highway. And I, that, pretty, that works, you know, when you're in high school, sometimes in college, but in the pros, that doesn't work like that because you're dealing with grown men. Um, but it was a great experience overall. My favorite place is Italy by far. So we're going to move on to some more rapid-fire questions, more career-wise, non-like moments. And so what is, what's a college practice like under the great Coach Calhoun? Um, intense, super intense, intimate detail. What was your favorite arena to play in, either in college or professionally? Carrier Dome. Syracuse. I'm a Syracuse fan. I like to hear that. <laughs> Carrier Dome. What's your favorite coach you've ever played under? Ooh, man. I had a couple. Um, I couldn't say I had one favorite, but at a college, obviously, I only had one, but. Favorite, favorite? I've got to say, you know, um, one of my Italian coaches. Actually, it's two of them. Uh, Attilio Kaja and Sandro Degnelli. Those guys really um, helped me so much as a pro. They, they, they taught me how to be a pro. And they really, they really pushed me. And they, they elevated my game. Before we were talking about some of, like, the moments you've had, what do you think out of all of them were your favorite? All right, ooh. Hmm. Moment, I would say would be just signing my first deal because you know when I was I, I didn't know I, whether I was gonna be able to play the game of basketball again when I got hurt um, my junior year. So I would just say signing my first contract. Our second and last question is: What's your favorite sport to play besides basketball? Uh, gotta go with baseball. What's your favorite baseball team? Oh, Marlins. Well, the Marlins were when I was younger, but when the Rays got here, the Rays. Our last question for you is, once COVID ends, what are you looking forward to do? 
Oh man, travel. With you, Rashad. Thank you so, 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 so much for hopping on or hopping on to the podcast. To listeners, please make sure to like, comment, follow us on Instagram. Have a great day, Rashad. Stay safe. Peace.